T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Final hour of power here on the Burgundy in Gold today. Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Talking quarterback. Excuse me. We're talking quarterback here for the final hour of the show. And really, the big thing with the quarterback position, is this one big question and topic at hand right now is who should be the starter for the remainder of the season here with the Washington Commanders? We talked to Grant Paulson about it. He thinks and is of the belief and mindset that because of what you gave up for Carson Wentz, you've got to have another look at him. And I push back on that. Because I push back on that because we saw six starts of Carson Wentz already. And you all know it. You watched the same games the way I did. It was feast or famine with Wentz at the quarterback position. Straight up. Whether if you weren't hitting teams up for these big 75-yard bombs, then really you were struggling to move the football offensively. But, man... We all can agree. We watch the same thing. At some point, you saw and realized that Taylor Heineke, for what the current scheme is and with the current personnel that you have, Taylor Heineke is the best option that you got right now. And right now, it's very clear, right? Heineke, because of his mobility, a much better fit. Right. But the thing is, the thing is, we know he's not the guy moving forward either. And I just feel like right now, man, it would be organizational malpractice for this football team not to get a look at Sam Howell before season's end. Now, I know, I know you want to ensure the overall success of this football team. You want to try to sneak into the playoffs and be the final wild card team. I get all that. But at some point, you got to figure out what's more important to you. Short-term success or figuring out the league's most important position. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest line is USA Today's Touchdown Wire blog writer, Doug Farrar. You can give him a follow on Twitter at NFL 
underscore Doug Farrar. Dougie Fresh, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good, man. We're having you on today because obviously you were one of the supporters of Sam Howell coming out of UNC. And on the same token, you weren't too high on Carson Wentz this offseason when the commanders made the move for him. So just if you can, we haven't talked in a while. From your vantage point, what did you see from Carson Wentz in this Scott Turner-led offense for the first six weeks of the season? I mean, as much as I watched it, because uh, <laughs> it was kind of a rough watch, I, when I was watching the Commanders, I was spending more time looking at the defense and just kind of laughing and writing tape pieces on how bad it was. Um, I think Wentz was the guy he's always been. He will make a few Hall of Fame throws, and there's sort of the big bunch of weird stuff in the middle, and then he will, you know, kill you with these odd <laughs> decisions. Um, I don't think the odd decisions have been as pronounced, but, I mean, is this the guy you want going forward? Uh, Probably not, right? <laughs> I, I'm not sure he's that. If you're, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, nobody knows what is the future of this franchise in all sorts of ways right. from the top down. Uh, if you assume maybe not new GM, but maybe new head coach, I think replacing the offensive coordinator, replacing Scott Turner, he's not the problem. Uh, oh, the so defensive you- coordinator, we discussed that. Um, so is Wentz the guy going forward? I mean, it's not the choice I'd make. But he's the Carson Wentz, going back to his near MVP season with the Eagles, he has so many tools and so many traits. The coaches are going to think what they always think. Oh, I can fix him. I can, I can maximize the tools and the amazing throws and the scramble drills, and I can minimize – the weird random stuff that we all know about. And I think with Wentz, it's just sort of burned into him that, that you know, that he showed this in Indianapolis. He didn't, you know, he didn't listen to his coaches. Like, this is the way I'm going to play, and that's it. I don't know if that's any better in with the commanders, but that's been his history. Frank Reich brought him over, and you saw how that worked out for Frank Reich. I mean, yeah. I don't want to say coach killer, right. but it's kind of been that way. That's interesting because here locally, a lot of people, fans and, and, and media members as well, have been extremely critical of the job that offensive coordinator Scott Turner has done uh, with this offense. We all know the skill position guys, Washington can stack their group up against a lot of other teams in the National Football League and not be shy about the talent that they have. From your vantage point, though, obviously the offensive line has struggled. Is there anything Scott Turner can do to better scheme up offense here for Washington for the second half of this season? Well, if you've got a couple, I mean, Dotson's great. McLaurin is obviously great. Um, you know, their running back situation is rounding out, and, and that's a great story. Um, you know, the, the, again, I haven't watched the commander's offense to the point where I could say, oh, they need to do this on third and six, and they're doing this. Right. And, you know, I, I haven't watched it to that degree. Um, I would say, generally speaking, you want to get your quarterback in a rhythm. You want to get your running game in a rhythm. I don't know the extent to which that is or is not happening, but you know, if if that's a problem, again, you know, the Scott Turner offense, it's a lot like the North Turner offense. Go figure. And that's the you know the Don Coriel. I can speak in generalities. Let's put it this way: uh, it's the Don Coriel, Sid Gilman, especially Coriel. It's that three-digit, a um, lot of verticals, heavy play action more boot as it's come into the 21st century. 
Um, that's kind of it's a very structured offense. It requires a quarterback to retain a ton of information and then spit it out on the field. Um, I think what they would, would you say that's the I've biggest seen, hurdle for the quarterback in this offense? Well, it's just you have to retain a lot of information and then you know immediately transfer it to the field. Right. It's a lot. It, those are those are heavy playbooks. So. You, you can't really have a random quarterback. You, you have to have a guy who plays in structure. That's not Carson Wentz. That has never been Carson Wentz. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I would have to go and do a, you know, I, I could look at Commander's film and tell you, well, I think maybe they should think about this or that. Um, but in a general sense, that kind of passing game, it's, you know, it's a lot of deep shot play action. It's a lot of crossers. It's a lot of verts. It's explosive plays, and you're sustaining out of the run game. That has generally been the case. I don't think that Carson Wentz is a great fit for that. So, you know, I, I can't sit here and tell you, oh, it's Scott Turner's fault. I, I don't know what people are saying locally. I can tell you my general impressions of that offense. Well, Scott Turner would love to hear that glowing review from you. I want to ask you about Sam Howell because you were somebody who was extremely high on Washington for making that pick in the fifth round in this past April's draft, you mentioned the fit that Carson Wentz is not for this offense. Do you think Sam Howell, if given the time to understand the verbiage and digest the playbook, do you think at some point he'll be ready this season to take over the reins for Washington? Because right now yeah, it's mean- clear that Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz are not your answers moving forward. Right, Heineke's a bridge. Uh, Wentz is probably a bridge at this point in his career. It's just a, <laughs> it's one of those bridges where it's you know heavy winds and it's kind of waving all over the place. Right. Um, and Howell does have some rogue elements to his play. I, I don't want people to think he's like Andy Dalton. He's going to sit there and you know throw a four yard out in third and fourteen. Um, <laughs> but the thing about Howell in twenty twenty one is he lost his two best running backs. He lost his two best receivers, one of which he reunited with in Washington. Um, he, lo- he lost his starting center for the year due to injury, and they they basically turned him into a running back at North Carolina. He had over 800 yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. So he had to adapt. If you go back to his 2020 tape, where he had everything sort of in place um, and a dynamic offense, he had the tape of a first-round pick. It's just that everything fell apart, and that happens a lot to college quarterbacks. You go from system to system. And sometimes things just don't work. You lose players to the NFL, um, and you don't replace them. Well, that's kind of what happened to Sam Howell. Um, that's a guy who thrives in play and boot action. He will make the deep throw accurately. Um, he's pretty good under pressure. He will get a little wobbly with it in his head and, and try to make the, you know, the superstar, the Superman play. But that can be managed. And I'd rather have a guy who has a little bit of that than the aforementioned Andy Dalton where you're just, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're, just, you're chucking it down because it's like your brain sees the play, but your arm goes, ah, no, I can't do that. Right. Uh, that's not how it's probably. How can make every throw? Um, so I'm not sitting here saying he's Andrew Luck. I'm not saying he's generational. I was shocked that he lasted until the fifth round. He was my second ranked quarterback in this uh he was my second ranked quarterback in this draft class by Malik Willis. Just as far as tools. None of these guys were finished. And we're seeing that with Kenny Pickett, who was the only guy who was taken in the first round. 
Um, there wasn't a quarterback in, in this draft class where you were going to like, okay, let's put him in the offense. I mean, the Titans are have Malik, they have Malik Willis scoring like five times a game. Yes. They're on the 1973 <laughs> Dolphins plan, which if you have Derrick Henry, you can do. Right. Um, so if we are intimating the commanders are in a lost season, which they appear to be on practically every possible level, uh, including whatever the uh, you know whatever happens tomorrow, if this announce that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, at a certain point, if this you know if it keeps regressing, the coaches are going to have to say, "Look, we don't, we're not going to make the playoffs. We need to start looking at." what these players have. Sam Howell, fifth round pick, you know, third string quarterback. We know what Carson Wentz is. We know what Taylor Heineke is. Let's see what Sam Howell has. And they may, that may not happen at all. It may not happen until the last two or three games of the season. Um, point at which you kind of internally admit we're out of it. Right. That's when I started doing it. I just think they're stuck as between... Far, as far as fan response or league response or whatever response, I mean, how much worse can it get for this team? Exactly. I, I just think... You're, kinda, you're, you're shooting par, no matter what you do. Exactly. It just feels like Ron Rivera, the GM, and Ron Rivera, the head coach, have a conflict of interest right now. And, and it goes back to exactly what you said. Does it really... What's the, what, what's the benefit of this team limping into the playoffs and being the final seed in the NFC? They're not going to win a playoff game with Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke under center. The, the, it's not like 2020 where the division was horrendous and you were going to have a home playoff game. It's just a completely different set of circumstances right now. And, Doug, I've been beating this drum for about the last month. Once we saw that Carson Wentz clearly is just not who we thought he was going to be here in this offense, it would be organizational malpractice for this team, for this organization, not to get a look at Sam Howell and an extended look at that. When I say extended, I mean at least a month's worth of starts. Because like we said, you know Carson Wentz isn't going to be the guy moving forward. You know Taylor Heineke isn't going to be the guy moving forward. There are a lot of people in this market, Doug, that feel like Washington could damage Sam Howell by putting him behind this current offensive line and in the current situation that they've got going on offensively. From your vantage point and what you know about the prospect and the player, what are some things that Scott Turner could do to maybe ease the transition from third string to starter, if that was to happen for Sam Howell. Well, I, I you know I wrote about this before the season. I, I think Sam Howell's positive traits fit Turner's off or you know, fit Turner's offense pretty well as far as again playing boot action, throwing vertically, um, deep shots off of those action looks. Um, you know, it, it, to me, and I'm looking at their schedule right now. It's more about when you do it. Because here's right. the thing: they're fourth in an NFC East where it's led by the only undefeated team left. And from week to week, the Eagles might not be the best team in that division. It might be the Giants or the Cowboys, depending on the week. They've got three superpowers ahead of them. I wouldn't, you know, they face the Eagles next. I wouldn't throw Sam Howell into that. Right, of course not. Um, you, you have the Texans and the Falcons next. That would be a pretty good bridge. You have the Giants, then abide in the Giants. 49ers have the worst pass defense in the NFL right now. The Browns are kind of a mess, and you have the Cowboys to end it. Um, to me, it would be more about when you do it so you just don't destroy the kid. You know, if, if you put him up there against the Eagles, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Right. Texas and Falcons, you've got, you've got some pretty good opportunities. 
Um, the Giants, the Blitz packages might make his head explode. Yeah. Maybe you have that buy after the first Giants game. You sort of study what Wink Martindale is putting on the field, and you say, oh, okay, we can do these three or four things. Um, and then you have, before the Cowboys to end the season, in the 49ers and the Browns, you have a little easier slide into the end of the season. Um, so you might, you might want to spend some time getting tactical about when you put the rookie quarterback in. Can't, again, don't do it against the Eagles. Um, but that's, you know, if if the commanders are in three, like, hey, we're four and five, we got a shot at this. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the worst You're behind place to be. three of the, like, six best teams in football in your own division. That's just how it's stacked up, guys. Sorry. Yeah, that's, f- the way it, you know, that's the way it goes. Went from NFC least to NFC beast. Not to look exactly too, right. Not to look too far ahead, though, Doug. But I think it's I think it's on par and, and relevant for this group. When you look at the quarterback class that's about to come out, how if you're going back and evaluating Sam Howell at his best at UNC, where would he stack up in this 2023 quarterback class that's about to come out? Here? Um. Interesting question. Uh, right now, Bryce Young is probably first on my list. I like C.J. Stroud as long as he has structure. I'm a, uh, I really, I mean, I, and of course, if we're going on recency bias, Georgia eight is lunch, but I really like Hendon Hooker. Yeah, There's I'd probably physical put Sam Howell fourth or fifth. I, I'm not a Will Levis fan at all. Talk <laughs> about random. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I'm not a fan. I would say we put more. Uh, Tactfully, if I were looking at first round grade quarterbacks from what I've watched uh, for the 2023 class, he would not be in there. Mm. Um, wow, the phone, the phone monsters get Doug. Wow. Well, look, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll reset things here and we'll keep the conversation going here. What should the commanders do at quarterback moving forward for the remainder of the 2023 season? You're sitting here nine weeks in. You're four and five. You have no shot of winning the NFC East at this point. Is it worth it to limp into the postseason and potentially be the seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture? I'll tell you exactly what I think. Plus, we'll take your calls at 301-230-0980. That's next here on the Burgundy and Gold today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Burgundy and Gold today here on the Team 980 and streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Big thanks to our guy Doug Farrar. Phone Monsters got him at the end of that one. Dropping some knowledge on us, getting us a little bit more well-versed in the school of Howell, so to speak. Doug Farrar, a big fan of Sam Howell coming out of college last year and was one of the many pundits that praised the Washington Commanders for their selection of Sam Howell in the fifth round. If you go back and look at some of the draft evaluations and some of the draft prognostications and, and, and the, the grades that were given out post-draft, there was a consensus across the National Football League that Washington drafting Sam Howell in the fifth round, a lot of people described it as the best value pick of the entire 2022 NFL draft. That is high praise for an organization that, let's be honest, in recent years have struggled to figure it out at the game's most important position. And that's really what I want to get to the bottom of here in the back half of this show. It is very clear. We got six starts of Carson Wentz, and then we got three starts of Taylor Heineke. In those three starts for Taylor Heineke, five touchdowns, three picks, 63% completion percentage, only 50 yards rushing. Wasn't that supposed to be Taylor Heineke's strength? Wasn't his strength supposed to be the ability to run the football and the ability to create off-schedule plays? I'll be honest with you. I was the leader of the Taylor Heineke Hive last year. I, I was, straight up. Obviously, I got burned like a lot of us did. But see, the difference between me and you guys is I was able to quickly move on once I realized, hey, Love the guy. Great story. Moxie. Tough ass. Everything you could describe about the guy. But after 15 starts and seeing him throw 20 touchdowns and 15 picks, clearly he's not the guy moving forward. But like I've said all along, they're in this predicament for one reason. Ron Rivera, the head coach, and Ron Rivera, the GM, have a conflict of interest. And it's very clear the conflict of interest that he has. Because we all know it. It would be irresponsible for Washington to go out and start Sam Howell on Monday Night Football against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. It would be wrong of them. You'd be putting him in a compromising position at that point. You'd be making life much more difficult for yourself as a play caller at that point. So don't do that. Taylor Heineke under no circumstances, should not be the starter against Philly. It's very easy. The decision that you got to make this week isn't hard at all. You start, Taylor. This is where things get difficult. If Carson Wentz is healthy enough to return to the lineup November 20th against the Houston Texans, I've gone back and forth about this thing, man. If Wentz is healthy enough to play against Houston, I think you got to start him, right? You got to give Carson Wentz another shot at this thing. And here's why. 
Grant Paulson alluded to it. You gave up so much, right, that it's almost, it's almost like you have to. Grant gave the great analogy and story about the go-kart. I'm just of the belief, man, at some point, he's going to prove to you exactly who he is. I had Sam Fortier on from the Washington Post last night over on overtime, and Sam made the great point. The fact, what we saw in Carson Wentz's first six starts was quite possibly the worst he will ever look in his tenure with the Washington Commanders, and here's why. You were expected to have these hiccups at the beginning of the season. It's a new quarterback and a new system. That happens all across the National Football League. It does. Last year, Matt Stafford with the L.A. Rams, he struggled out of the gate. That's what you expect when you have a new quarterback in a new system. So what we saw out of Carson Wentz in the first six weeks should be the worst version that we're going to get from him. The thing and reason why I push back on that notion is because, look, him sitting on the bench isn't going to make him more mobile, right? Him sitting on the bench isn't going to increase his ability to evade pressure. That's the problem with Carson Wentz right now in this Washington Commanders offense. It's not about Carson Wentz's physical talents, which we all know are there. It's not about the arm strength. The decision-making has come into question, but that's an area I actually feel like he could have improved at during his time injured. Because say what you want about Taylor Heineke and his physical limitations. He has a complete mastery and understanding of this offense. He knows where the football is supposed to go on a down-in and down-out basis. That's half the battle. Right? That's half the battle. I said it with Grant. If you could combine Taylor Heineke and and Carson Wentz, you'd have a super-duper quarterback. You would. But realistically speaking, we all know you can't do that. Right? But I think because of what you gave up to acquire Wentz, you got to take another look at the kid. And I think the Houston Texans provide a perfect opportunity for you to do that. Now let me say this, though. Carson Wentz doesn't get too much longer to prove himself as the guy here in Washington. Let me tell you exactly how I think it should go. Heineke starts this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's be honest with, with, with ourselves here. Washington's probably going to fall to 4-6 and six on the season Monday night. You're 4-6 and six on the road against the Houston Texans. If Carson Wentz can't beat the Texans, then I don't know if he should even start the next week against Atlanta. <laughs> this is my point here. The decision's going to make itself for you, right? The decision's going to ultimately end up making itself. You got Houston and Atlanta in back-to-back weeks. Those are two very winnable football games for you. But in my opinion, in those two games, you find out whether or not Carson Wentz has got it figured out or not. There are problems that Wentz had early on in the season that should be corrected against Houston and Atlanta. It should be very evident that he's gotten better against Houston and Atlanta. If you don't see any signs of growth during those two weeks, guess what? Guess what? I'll give him one more game. He gets one more game against the New York Giants. If he, if Carson Wentz doesn't show any type of growth against Houston, Atlanta, and New York, there's a bye week after the first New York Giants game. If Washington doesn't get what they need out of Wentz during those three starts, after the bye week, I'm starting Sam Howell against the New York football Giants on December the 18th at home. You have to. You have to. Because at some point, you got to figure out what you've got in that kid. 
But I'm not willing to just punt on the season. And I think starting Sam Howell against Houston, now that I've gotten the chance to go back and think about it, probably would be admitting that you're punting on the remainder of the season. And I don't really agree with doing that because these are grown men who are getting paid to play a kid's game. They're going to go out there and give their best effort. You want to win for the guys in that locker room. It's a tough position to be in, which is why I continue to say Ron the GM and Ron the head coach have a conflict of interest here. But I want to hear from you guys on this. 301-230-0980 is the number. You can tweet at me as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What should be the commander's plan moving forward at quarterback for the remainder of this season? I laid it out to you very specifically what I think should happen, right? But let's go into a little bit more of the numbers here when we're talking about Taylor Heineke because I know there's still a section of the fan base that feels like, well, you, why should they go back to Wentz? Heineke's better than Wentz. Heineke might be a better fit in this particular offense for Wentz, and his mobility might be better suited for this offensive line. But from a physical standpoint, you still know that Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. The question is whether or not Scott Turner can scheme things up offensively for you to mask the deficiencies of your offensive line. Against the Dallas Cowboys, after they got their ass kicked by Philly and the offensive line got dominated up front, Against Dallas, remember the game plan that they came out with? Quick game. Screen. Run the football. That's your formula for success here, guys. It's not rocket science here. It's not. You play that style of ball, and you see whether or not Carson Wentz can handle himself. If he can handle it, and you see signs of growth in that three-game stretch where you play Houston, New York, and where you play Houston, Philly, I mean Houston, Atlanta, and New York, if you see growth, During that three-game stretch, you ride out with Wentz for the remainder of the season. If you don't, though, after the bye week against the New York Giants, it might be time to give the rookie Sam Howell a call here, man. At some point, you got to see what you got in him. It'll be organizational malpractice if this season finishes and you don't get a good look at him. 301-230-0980 is the number. Rod is in Georgia. has been on hold for a tremendous amount of time. Rod, you get the first crack hey, at man, it, man. appreciate you. What do you think they should do at quarterback oh, for the remainder of the season? Uh, I, I'm going to give it to you. I love Heineken. I believe in him, but you got to make a decision. If the game Monday night is out of control, mm-hmm. it's lost, I'm, I'm going with Sam. What you got? I wouldn't even go back to win. I know what I have. I don't, I don't believe his teammates believe in him, but I'm not in the locker room. That's just me, my opinion. Right. Don't make it right. I got so, you. I, hey, roll with Sam. And, you know, if the game is out of control, let him start in Houston. See what he got. But we, hey, you got to take wins as the loss because you, you, they made their bed, they got to lay in it. Because <laughs> you're going to me, going to look extra dumb going back to him, and he gives you the same results that he's been giving everybody else, and you still haven't learned. That's like your girlfriend cheating on you, but you keep taking her back and she keep cheating on you. Rod, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. And look, I, I went to school up in the mountains of West Virginia, man, so just know it happened to your boy a couple times, man. I went back. Oh, yeah, I done made the mistake. Hey, you ain't living until that happened. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. But look at it this way, though, bro. I say I say this. Okay. If you look at what you got, you only got to see six starts of Carson Wentz, though, Rod. And think about it. That's his first six games in this offense ever. So you don't think that mm-hmm. him sitting behind Taylor Heineke, he could have potentially learned from a mental standpoint? We know physically the abilities are there. I think the question about Wentz and this offense were from the neck up, so to speak. Could he grasp 
the concepts that Scott was asking him to run? Oh, I, I think he may have the concepts, but what's in there is in you. And I don't <laughs> think he has it in him no more. He might want it, but having it is two different things. Hey, Rod, I appreciate the call, my man. 301-230-0980 is the number. What do you think Washington should do at the quarterback position for the remainder of this season? Paul's in Silver Spring was tapping. What's going on, Paul? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm sitting on a porch with a hound dog. So, they should just ride out Carson Runt. For the remainder of it. They paid that, they paid that money, and let's see what he got. I agree with you, man. Look, I appreciate the call. The Carson Wentz discussion, like we said, is interesting. When you look at Washington's numbers offensively through all nine of these football games, I think the numbers don't lie. We can all agree. Mike, I want to tap in with you on this as well. When Carson Wentz was a starter here in Washington, the game against Jacksonville and the game against Tennessee, those were your highest yardage outputs of the season. So isn't that right there enough to go back to Wentz? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just want whoever wins. We can play anyone. It could be Howell. It could be Heineke. It could be Wentz. If they're not giving us a W, in my opinion, move on to the next person. Um, you know, they're, all of our quarterbacks are tough, I and mean, we haven't seen Howell in a regular season game, but Heineke's tough as nails. Wentz is tough as nails. But toughness is not going to get us a W always. So, you know, I like Wentz to come back with, you know, uh, after this Monday night game when he's healthy. But if we don't get a dub against the Texans, <laughs> put Heineke back in or put Howell in like you've been saying. Yeah, man, I think it uh, makes for an interesting discussion and debate here on the Burgundy and Gold today, man. We'll keep running through your calls here. Mike's in Arlington. Mike, the question is simple, brother. What do you think the commander should do at quarterback for the remainder of this season? Um, I, I'm kind of in your, in your, in your camp. Um, I would start Hal in Texas uh, for one reason. I've heard you say it today. I heard GP say it. I heard a, a real good guy, very, very smart guy, say it in the preseason. Everybody said it. Hey, man, if you could get half Howe and half Haneke, you'd have a quarterback. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, believe the gentleman that sits, I believe the gentleman that sits with you sometimes that does Redskins preseason game, and I watched the entire four, a third game and how played the whole game, said, man, this guy's got gets experience. He's got both of those traits. He's got the arm and he's got the moxie. And you know what? Play him. I've heard all year, oh, let's see. Oh, gosh, Commander's got to re- regroup and got to look for a quarterback. Well, maybe you already have them, and you could take that $28 million and give it to Deron Payne. Mm. <laughs> but you don't know until you don't know. Exactly. Play the guy. Exactly. I appreciate the call, Mike. Yeah. Look, I, I, let, me, let, me, let me make it very clear where I stand on this. You know what? Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll reset things here a bit, and then we'll, then we'll hand things off. To the Hoffman Show. 301-230-0980 is the number. What should the commanders do at quarterback moving forward for the remainder of the season? We'll take your calls. Plus, I'll tell you exactly what I think next. And let's be honest, right? Philly is not the game to start, Sam Howell. Wentz isn't healthy enough to play against Philly. So you're rolling with Heineke this week one way or another. I'm going to get a two-parter for you. Do you think Heineke plays well enough against the Eagles? To maintain the starting gig against Houston? I'll tell you what I think next. This is Team 980.
One final segment here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Thanks for riding with us, man. It's been a super passionate show is what I'll describe it as, man. Y'all been coming with y'all eight game per usual on the Team 980 listener lines. 301-230-0980 is the number. We'll finish it out with you guys, man. You deserve it. It's your show today. What should the commanders do at quarterback moving forward for the remainder of the season, man? If you're just tuning in, I've been very clear about what my decision is going to be. Well, actually, it's, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've changed I've changed my tune a little bit as the show has gone on here. As I've gotten to listen to the experts we've brought on today, Grant Paulson made a lot of great points. And then Doug Farrar added a lot to the conversation as well. I'm of the mindset and belief that right now there's only one thing Washington should do, right? Under no circumstance, in my opinion, unless the most unforeseen, unlikely thing happens, unless, unless Taylor Heineke somehow comes out and upsets the Philadelphia Eagles, unless that happens, November 20th in Houston, I am starting Carson Wentz. And here's why. You invested too much capital in him not to get a second look at him. And I'm of the belief, if he's actually got his head in the playbook and is learning He's probably a much better quarterback than what he was through the first six games of the season. He's been sitting behind Taylor Heineke, who's got an extreme mastery of this offense. It's the only system he's run in his entire NFL career. I think Carson Wentz can stand to benefit from sitting behind Taylor Heineke for the past month. He should have gotten better. We'll see right away, though. I think you start Carson Wentz against Houston. You start him against Atlanta and you start them in the first Giants game. That's three games. I think you should, once again, reassess the quarterback position after those three starts. If Carson Wentz has taken a step forward during that three-game stretch, then I think, look, you let him ride out. You invested too much in this young man to cut bait with him. I know there are people talking about the draft capital and what you gave up and how you don't want to turn it into a second-round pick, you still don't know from my vantage point whether or not he's going to be the guy next year. And I think if you think that decision's already been made, you're crazy. I brought this up with Grant Paulson. Maybe this just isn't the right scheme for Carson Wentz. And Doug Farrar alluded to that. You need a quarterback who functions well in structure in this offense, and Carson Wentz is not that. But you know who's available and just got fired from the Indianapolis Colts? Frank Reich. You know who had the most success with Carson Wentz as his offensive coordinator? Frank Reich. So maybe, might be looking too far ahead with this one, maybe you cut bait. Maybe you cut bait with Scott Turner at season's end and you bring in Frank Reich next year as your offensive coordinator. And then that's how this thing moves forward. But over the next three games after Philadelphia, Houston, Atlanta, and New York, I will be heavily evaluating Carson Wentz and if he doesn't perform well during that stretch of time, I'm not going back to Taylor Heineke. I'm taking my young pup off the leash and letting him go eat. And I'm talking about Sam Howe. Because like I said, it would be organizational malpractice for this season to conclude and you don't get a fair and good look at Sam Howe. I've said enough. Took up the airwaves for three hours almost. We'll finish out with you guys here. 301-230-0980 is the number. You know the question. What should the commanders do at quarterback for the remainder of the season? Oh, don't yeah, be not, don't, I'm about to say, don't not be ready when I come to you now. Oh, I'm always ready, bro. I didn't <laughs> say the name, bro, but hell to the W, man. See, see, 
the first problem you got right now, you're mm-hmm. losing talk. That's the first problem, man. So we going to win on Monday night. Pauly. So that's going to take care of all that. Anyway. What, man? You really? Pauly what? Why do you think they're going to beat Philadelphia? <laughs> Why don't, yo, first of all, man, that's a, first of all, man, they, they in our neighborhood, bro. That's our backyard, bro. That's our, that's our brother. That's our cousin. That's our family, man. I don't fear them, man. You fear the Eagles? Did you still see the last game we played them? The defense just got wore down because the offense was Carson Wentz. Wasn't moving the ball. I just Period. I just think the way that the Minnesota Vikings offensive line swallowed us up. You don't think Philly's got the ability to do the same thing? The offensive line? You mean the defensive line? Defensive line, excuse me. Listen, bro, that's been the whole that's been the whole thing for the whole season long. Until they decide that's the problem with putting Wentz back in there. Unless they decide to get to take Trey Turner and Norwell out the game and make some type of adjustments on that line, then that's how the whole season's gonna be. Hey Paulie, so I got a I got a stat for you, bro. I I was actually waiting to say this to somebody who actually knows what the hell they're talking about. You know Andrew Norwell? Right now is rated 10th in the entire National Football League in pass block win rate. I was hey, shocked. Bro, I, I was bro, shocked. I don't care what I don't care what the stats say. I know what my eyes say. I would say, right, that, exactly. That dude been that dude been been on the NFL ice capades the whole season. Bill <laughs> man Trey Turner. And, and, and his wrong stubbornness yeah. and his whole Carolina connection thing is only keeping him in the lineup. Because you're talking about uh, playing Sam Howe, man, we should have been seeing Chris Paul up in the game. Yeah. If you want to talk about getting some young guys some playing opportunities and all that, you know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you another thing, man. Mm-hmm. We're about to go through an ownership change, right? Right. Rome don't want to be putting a loser out on the field. So that, that's, a hell of, nah, that, that's a valid point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the whole thing, if you go to Wentz, there, there is no turning back from Wentz. You can't put Wentz on the field. And then pull him out of the game, pull him off the field, if, you know, by him struggling or what? Because you putting that blame on yourself, you know. And like I, I mean, I you said, got to going, in this situation, you, though. I think anybody would no, say the trade has been a failure. Listen, we we already think that now. Right. A lot of a lot of us thought that from the beginning. But the whole point is, if you want to put Wentz on the field, then you need to make some lineup changes also, because that's the problem. The offensive line has been the problem. You know, this reminds me of. 2014 with RG3, um, Kirk Cousins, and Colt McCoy. <laughs> All three quarterbacks was horrible. RG3 kept taking sacks. Kirk Cousins kept throwing interceptions, and, and Colt McCoy got decapitated. It wasn't to the next year. It wasn't to the next year when they finally got a couple of offensive linemen up in there, and then, and they named Kirk the full-time starter. Then all of a sudden, you know, Kirk Cousins cut down on his interceptions. You know what I mean? And he had, yeah. a, had a, 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 a good season. You know what I mean? So it all starts up front. So, like I said, it really don't matter what quarterback in there. If they don't make lineup changes, they all going to be under the same amount of pressure. And and you got Scott Turner for your offensive coordinator. So you're you behind, behind two eight balls. You're behind the eight ball already with that. I appreciate the call, Paulie. Let's go to Josh and Bethesda. What do you think the commanders should do at the quarterback position moving forward? Yeah, how's it going? Um, Good, I, I believe we should, uh, yeah, continue to play out Heineke. Um, I know you said the decision has not been made whether we're going to move on from Wentz or not. Um, to me, I feel like the decision should be made that it's, it's not the right fit. And it, even if you were to bring in Frank Wright where he had, you know, a better season in Indianapolis, uh, I, I, don't, I just don't think it's the answer. I, I'm, I'm kind of over the experiment. Uh, I'd rather, like, watch Heineke go out there and 
you know, play good from behind, at least it's exciting football. Um, and then at, when that fails, inevitably, let's see what Sam Howell has, give him the chance, kind of cut it loose with however many games, four games left in the season. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm over on the experiment with Wentz. Yeah, I, so appreciate the call. I, yeah, I appreciate the call, Josh. It's interesting, though, man, because I, I just think it's six games is not enough to evaluate a guy that you gave up that much draft capital for. Lester in Texas, what's tapping? What's going on, yeah, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. All right, look, hey, I agree with what you were saying about Wentz if he was a rookie. And I think six games is enough because we've had – remember, this, these guys are professionals. The coaches, everybody's professional. They've seen – everybody seen how he's played back with Philly. He went to the Super Bowl. Everybody seen how he's played back with the Colts. Everybody's seen his ability. At this point in time, he should have caught on by now. If he hasn't, if he was if he was how, that's one thing. But he's not a rookie anymore, and he should be able to catch on and, and, and do this. Seems like Heineke can catch on faster going to different teams. So it's, it is possible. Playing, uh, Lester, I appreciate the call. But Heineke's been playing in the same system, man. That's the point I've been trying to make about Wentz. Six games is not enough to evaluate a guy in a brand-new system doing something he's never been asked to do before. Daryl in Columbia, man, what do you think we should do at quarterback moving forward? Rapid fire here. Hey, yeah, but I don't think, you know, <clears throat> Linnell, that we need to sacrifice it and totally, you know, throw throw the season away. It's no. a lot of players on, 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 on this team, uh, you know, especially, our, you know, our, all the players on the team have fought hard to get to this point. And I'd be honest with you, man, I really think that Wentz has lost uh, – he, I think he's lost the locker room. I don't – Wow. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Phone monsters got you. S in Baltimore. What do you think they should do? Man, one of the things I want to say is I think that people's perception of Heineke is kind of skewed. If you look at what <laughs> he is, you shouldn't ex- – <laughs> Yeah, but but I'm saying if you look at what he is, you really shouldn't even – think about it. We've had probably seven different quarterbacks on the Scott Turner, and the mm-hmm. person who's provided the most spark is Taylor Heineke. Now the one common denominator is Scott Turner. So it really doesn't matter who's behind center. And if you listen to guys like Logan Paulson and Chris Cooley, my boy Let Maul tell it on Twitter, he, he, he has a ton of film out there. Like on third, five, six, third and four, Scott Turner is going to run a mesh concept. So he's very predictable. And we can talk about the offensive line all day. We can talk about the quarterbacks all day. We can talk about all of that, but this offense has weapons and it's only averaging 17 points a game. At some point, we have to hold the offensive coordinator accountable. accountable Yeah, it's not just about the quarterbacks and the play of the quarterbacks. Yes, they do play a role, but there are mediocre quarterbacks who are producing points in today's game, the Marcus Mariotas of the world, the Daniel Joneses of the world. So at some point, it doesn't matter if Howell goes back there. If Howell goes back there and looks like garbage because of Scott Turner's system, which likely would happen, we're going to be saying we got to get rid of Sam Howell. No, the guy we got to get rid of is the guy calling the plays, and I think people need to come to that realization. It's a great call and great point that you just made, man. But at some point, though, when do the players get held accountable for executing, right? You can't tell well, me we, there aren't times. Well, we, Scott Turner's scheming people open, and you're missing them. So is that on Scott, too? You can't just blame. No, you know how I, hard it is for Scott Turner to call plays for a quarterback as physically limited as Taylor Heineke? Absolutely, and I do not disagree with you. But at the same time, we could say the same thing for Daniel Jones and Brian Dable. Not physically. Daniel Jones has a rocket of an arm, and he's a super athlete. He's not physically limited. Don't give me that. But Daniel Jones is. But Daniel Jones is mentally limited. 
at the end of the day, we can't continue to make excuses. Marcus Mariota is physically limited. Like we Their can't arms are both marginally excuses. stronger than Taylor's, bro. You know okay, that. but you're just talking about arm strength. That, it's more to football than just arm strength. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, at the end of the day, these guys are making lemonade out of crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at some point, your offensive coordinator has to do that with who's in the pocket. Like, it doesn't matter who's back there. Here's what I'm saying. Now, Haneke is limited, and I'm not disagreeing with you on that. And I do agree. Wentz misses open targets. But at the end of the day, you can't continue to call the same thing. And defensive coordinators are going to say, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're having 17 we got, points a we game. Got, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up here. We'll, 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 we'll pass things over to the Hoffman Show. It's If you're on the line, stay there. Craig will probably continue the same conversation. Passionate discussion here on the Burgundy and Gold today. I appreciate you tapping in. Tomorrow, 12 to 3, the boys are back. Scott Jackson of the DOC. Rick Doc Walker with you tomorrow, 12 to 3 on the Burgundy and Gold. Today, next is the Hoffman Show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 